Hi everyone, welcome to Such Good Feeling. Today's guest started off as a performer, but soon found her calling in writing songs with and for other artists, including Little Mix, Steps, Birdie, and Natalie Imbruglia. Her attention to detail and emotional connections within her songs is impeccable, and her choices are always spot on. So I'm delighted to welcome Rachel Ferner. Oh, that was so lovely. How are you doing? <laughs> thank you. I'm really good, thank you. Bit hot. Whereabouts in the world are you talking to me from? I'm talking to you from a little village outside Northampton. Okay. I feel like I'm on a good game show. Yeah, yeah we, um, we did the typical move during COVID. So I was um, in St. Albans. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, we just felt like we need more space. We yes. need more, you know, so just like everyone, we, we kind of went up the M1 or down, you know, yes. we kind of ventured up and it's, um, it's been the best thing ever, actually. I think we'll probably get onto this, but with more remote working and um, kind of, I'm certainly doing a lot more kind of stuff on my own at home. It, it's, it means that you'd rather be in like, you know, the most perfect place and a bit more space and I can have a studio properly. And um, so yeah, it's been, it's been amazing actually. Fantastic. And is that, are you in your studio or is that sort of, because you're Rachel sat in front of a very nice upright piano. Uh, no, this is well yeah this is what I have I have three different like work areas so I have okay. um I've got one little studio in London and then mm. I've got um within my house I have like three studio <laughs> three studios really? so big like conversion one we're doing at the moment outside and then I've got my studio upstairs and then I also have like my writing area which is this piano you can hear um which is just a different ball game yeah. Uh, for me than like my horrible midi piano which I have a love-hate relationship with <laughs> I, th- I think we all do a bit don't we yeah because I do love the ease of it like you know yeah. default I will probably always end up going on the midi mm. um for a multitude of reasons but there's nothing quite like the the origins on the piano I think so um just a, a bit of background to just growing up um What's the musical soundtrack of your house when you're a kid? What are you hearing? Wow. So um, I'm sure everyone says this, but super diverse. And like, so my dad um, is, is incredibly into music and actually he runs like a commercial recording studio himself now. Mm-hmm. So like his big dream. So he loved, he was very much into like prog rock. You had a bit of Pink Floyd, Camel, um, also loved Stevie Wonder and Evanescence, like dark. He loves dark music. Mm-hmm. Um, so like dark classical movements and um, anything that's kind of like the most gut-wrenching, soul-destroying songs ever, um, which my ear just pricked up every time I heard kind of minor, uh, dramatic, cinematic music. So he loves that stuff. Um and my mum, uh, Elton John, Barbara Streisand, The Carpenters, um, Kate Bush, like kind of the classics, kind of the David Bowie that I feel like I'm I'm kind of clashing the two worlds of, you know, just dramatic and, and minor and, and heartfelt to also trying to have a kind of a classic sentiment and like structure, I guess. Mm. um my 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 kind of taste growing up was um I studied classical piano from like the age of four or something so classical 
was there a lot in my upbringing. Um, and then I found Brittany, Westlife, F Club Seven, you know, all the, all probably some of your um, classics in there. But, you know, I just, I just loved Max Martin. I remember reading on the credits like Max Martin, Max Martin, Max Martin. Who's Max Martin? And what's happening? Because I think Britney's second album and Westlife's Coast to Coast, and still now, I will say this now, I think are some of the finest pop writing. You know, it's mm. so, so clean and it's so precise and it does exactly what you want it to do. Um, and I still get this tingle now when I listen to it, like, oh, my God, it's just such a good <laughs> song. This is such a good song. It, you know, um, so I had that kind of phase with Disney, I would say, and that's continued on. And then about 13, 14, I found System of a Down, Muse, Radiohead. Um, I like Trivium, uh, Funeral for a Friend. Like it just, that kind of really like, oh, My Chemical Romance, uh, you know, teenage boys and just crying their hearts out. And mm. I just found that just just did so much to me like in every way um so so yeah and then I've kind of along with Stevie Wonders and you know the kind of the Frank Sinatra's I've just kind of whatever sounds sonically and is written perfectly and the production is beautiful like I'm just all over it um love it but yeah I've I've just I've I feel like I remember sitting with my friends and a song would come on and I'd be looking around like wanting to cry or something or stand up or, and no one felt the depth of gravity towards like all these, this music I, we all listened to growing up. And I thought maybe it affects me more. Maybe I love it more. Like, and it kind of got me thinking like maybe music is something in within me that I really connect to and I understand more than anything else. Um, so yeah, I had a very musical kind of my whole life my actions my friendships my everything was defined by music really it's um it's an interesting thing learning piano at that young age was that because there was a piano in the house or did yeah. you yeah yeah so my I used to fall asleep I think from my birth really to my dad he had a little home studio next to my bedroom walls so my mm -hmm. bed was there and he had an RS7000 like a Yamaha mm -hmm. kind of all-in-one kind of yeah. box um, and I used to fall asleep to him just writing. He used to write his songs. Um, and it was just something you did. So he had a piano in there, he did Clavanova. Uh, mm. And um, there was like the presets. So I remember this must have been like three or four. There was like the presets of Ballad Country that had like a... Oh, yeah, yeah. I still remember the song. Auto Accompaniment, I think yeah, it was yeah, called. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to just sit there like, so I could go la 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 like over the top and mm. and uh someone came into school I think I must have been in reception or year one um and it was like a, a sonic test so like the whole school was there and you I, I can't quite remember it was like you had to kind of tick a box of what you think you heard or like it was probably like a kind of an oral like uh, not oral exam like a yeah frequencies notes mm -hmm. Are these the same note kind of thing and I um scored like the highest out of my age group mm. so they were like we've really I think you should think we've got piano lessons here we've got violin 
would you like to kind of sign up for one? I was like, well, piano, definitely piano and violin. So I did both of those. Violin, I was shocking, shocking at the violin. Um, yeah, I, I think everyone was happy when that, that left my life. It's, it's a very brave decision for any parent to <laughs> encourage their child to play the yeah. violin. I think the drum kit and violin are the two that I will. Yeah, yeah. I, th- um, I, I think so. But yeah, but yeah. So, so piano. I, I mean, I have very small hands now, and I remember the my piano teacher was just like, I, you, I could hardly do kind of mm. like you know a basic chord. So, um, so yeah, I, we probably started very softly, but I did my grade five by the time I was like nine, eight or nine. Mm. Um, so, and then I kind of stopped. It was all very, too, it was all, my whole career, you will get to this, all started too young. It all was too young. Yeah. So I so I never quite kind of understood anything I did. <laughs> but I guess you didn't. I mean, the thing is, it's an often a thing that comes up um, when I speak to people on this about learning an instrument. And, you know, traditionally learning the piano is still very much a kind of classical thing where you're learning those kind of pieces. And, and it, it seems as if people either just don't learn it and get it by ear or learn what you need to and then yeah, discard bye. it, discard totally. it because then you've got enough knowledge to be able to play what you want to be totally. able to play because you don't, totally. you never wanted to be a concert pianist. So no, you just want to get the, uh, yeah. the knowledge of it. You do. And I also think, you know, for me, I had my dad alongside kind of yeah. going, being the voice of reason when I was like, I, I'm struggling to do this kind of trill or something. And he'd be like, look if 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 you want to just write songs and stuff mm. just know about inversions know know about what chords belong within a key mm-hmm. know about you know why that stevie wonder song what why that goes there and why that makes you feel like that like work that out yeah um and learn how to transpose within different keys like he, he kind of had the 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 knowledge of knowing what you use as a songwriter quite often mm. like I feel like I'm glad that if someone said oh can we take it up a key and I'm not on a midi I can go oh yeah sure you yeah. know which I think it's lots of times I imagine now you'd get caught out if it's like can we go up three semitones it's like oh, well I can only play in C or yeah. something you know so yeah. I feel like I'm glad that I've had that background and training to go yeah I can do that um I'm slower now than I was, <laughs> that's for sure. But, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed, I enjoyed learning piano, um, but I pretty much got asked to leave by my what? piano teacher. Why? Because <laughs> I think by the end of it, she was just like, you're making it up. So I would add a, yeah. I would add a nice accord to Beethoven. Yeah. Yeah, this is Mozart. the one that this is the one he probably meant yeah, to do. Yeah. yeah, Mozart doesn't mean that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do what I want here. I'm not gonna slow it down, it's fine. Yeah. And I think she was just like, This is not this is not what kind of what where where you're leaning to now. So yeah. it was it was a natural thing. So I was like, I don't really want to do other pieces anymore. I want to do my own. Hmm. Um and Again, my dad was like, do you know? I was like, okay. And I, was, I must have been about 10. I wrote my first song when I was 10. Um, and then that was it. Oh, oh she went. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> impressive. And were you also doing, you know, as it's actually just going back to it's really interesting what you're saying about that whole 
um, Steps S Club kind of Westlife thing. It becomes yeah, it becomes a point where um, it's. I think I always think it's like a twenty year thing, where it becomes the new nostalgia. Um, and it, we're just speaking to you after two weeks ago. Westlife played Wembley Stadium, a, a gig that they never even could have done probably when they were big, but now Insane. they can. So you get this thing where. You know, it, it, I mean, obviously the 80s and 90s are still, you know, very good, but there seems to be a boom at the moment in that late 90s, 2000s nostalgia where totally. everybody is kind of around your age. It's just like, oh, my God, I remember that song. You know, it's the stuff that you remember at school and stuff yeah. that, that just means much, much more to you because it, you probably heard it in that magical, those magical ages where music meant so yeah. much more. And that's it, you know, it's like... It's quite remarkable. Like my husband is also in music as well, and we will listen back to um, a, a 2010 song or something. Mm. We'll go, oh my god, that's actually a really amazing song. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time we're almost programmed to go, well, music nowadays. And I yeah. and I think we have this like, well, we don't quite listen to music in in such a kind way when it's current. I think we're it's not it's not what it used is we've kind of got this not what it used to be and i think the west lives the sk7s for me i've definitely got a bit of that like i feel maybe a bit bitter that i'm not allowed to write a song like that mm. as much now and that really irritates me like i want to write a chorus like reach for the stars i do mm. let me someone can someone form <laughs> a group <laughs> That we are allowed to, like, you know, it's the, so, so you have to, you want to go and watch Steps. You want to go and watch SS7 and, and Britney and but back in with their songs because it's like, for me, it's like those melodies are, you know, if you did them now in a session, would, would it be like, oh, that lyric or oh, that melody is a bit, you know, it's like, no, that's what people want. That's what I want. But then I I agree with you completely. But then you, we have to look at the fact that who is making the rules? I don't the youth. The youth. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I don't, don't know if they are. Well, I mean, they are and they aren't. I suppose because again, you know, we we get that. It digresses a bit, but it's an interesting fact. I've talked to it a few times. When if we describe the the youth or the younger people, when they have to experience a song because it is attached to something else. So when rather than listening to the first 20 seconds ago, oh, the chorus hasn't come in, I'm not interested. When they have to listen to Running Up That Hill because it's attached to Stranger Things. Totally. They love it. Something remarkable happens. Yeah. And, you know, that can be the same for a lot of these kind of, especially 80s songs where, you know. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a fascinating subject and it, it's come up a lot. You know, it came up with talent shows a lot where, you know, people love the Whitney Houstons and love the things, and then they vote for that, and then the person goes and makes a record, and it doesn't sound anything like it. So, yeah, you know, there there could be a revival. I think. I think it probably. I, I, I think it's yeah. going to take a band. I don't think it's going to take an artist. Yeah. I think it's going to take a band <laughs> that's going to go. We just want to do this now. And funny enough, I've done a few little bits of K-pop, um, mm. but I do think that writing for K-pop, for example, yeah. you are allowed to. Um, they kind of want that, you know, that big or key yeah. changes and stuff like that, and that and that's exciting because that's now coming back over. And and I actually do think I don't know, but I I think you know it's the same with advertising. It's the same as anything. We get fed 
news it's the same as news we get we do get fed as people what yeah. we listen to what we buy what we more than we'll ever know and i think if for example um you know radio one or tiktok went this is the this is what mm. is really cool right now and yeah. it was let's pretend no, no one ever knew um i don't know my love westlife mm-hmm. whatever um and it was put out and it was that was really cool and like everyone's you know empress new clothes vibe was like mm. this is the new sound it would it would check people like wow this is amazing and it almost allows people to kind of yeah listen with different ears and and enjoy music for what it is which is a perfect set of chords melody and lyrics all in one go yeah um for that song and that's why i love it that's why i love songwriting and um why i guess sometimes i'm like you know i'm definitely now branching out at different things because i want to write those songs sometimes i want to be able to write a sweeping chorus absolutely and, and you, feel like i don't have to suddenly have a yeah. swear word then to make no it no, good cool. Lord, no. <laughs> no 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 so when you are so you've started writing songs in at 11 which is which is pretty young uh but you'll you'll get which is which is great because you've got such a a large amount of time to kind of you know kind of get the craft right um what's going on at school are you sort of singing and acting and dancing and stuff at school as well yeah i'm i'm dancing absolutely not i was horrific um i tried though but yeah okay. acting i was i loved musical theater another branch of music that i just adored yeah um so there was like Spring Awakenings, Blood Brothers. I was oh, Maria in great, I love Spring Awakenings. Oh my God, the soundtrack. See that? Such a great Mama show. Who bore me, Mama who, that hot, I watched it. I was like, this is so <laughs> sad. But, but it's so, so cool as well. It was one of those things. It was. I remember it being here for um, when Leah Michelle was in it. And it was, um, oh, it was just, wow. a, it was, it, 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 but it attracted a very different audience. You know, the kind of audience you would never imagine would go to theatre, yeah. did go to theatre for that. Amazing because I, I think it definitely had that slight emo, mm. um, that teenage angst. Well, it was probably what it's all about, but yeah, it, it definitely drew in that kind of like struggle of puberty and like just being a teenager. And mm. it sucked. And, and I felt like back to school, I felt like I, 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 I realize now I'm very sensitive and quite, uh, overly empathetic in ways that it doesn't help me and I found that school really kind of wore me down in that respect and music was my absolute healer in that so I think by the time I was 13 I probably had about 50 songs and I was on my space with songs I was gigging I was doing open mic nights I just wanted to escape like whatever school was um and I met my first manager at 14 and I got signed at 15 by Universal. So in that, in those short years, I was so miserable at school that, and I had such a, again, early start that I was just like, let's go. I don't want to do this like this anymore. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Um, so pretty yeah, pretty much just, music was everything and then I left school at 15 and off I went absolutely yeah so was that literally you got discovered on on MySpace by Universal I went to see a gig I went to see Mika who I loved yeah 
Um, and the support band, there's a support band called Palladium. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, it was, yeah, it was kind of like, I don't know what it was. It was, it was kind of like, yeah, big kind of romantic rock kind of things. And I remember messaging the, the support band, like, um, I've written a song about being uh, bullied at school. It's a bit to the girl uh, who I felt, yeah, very strongly about at the time. And uh, their manager said, did you write this song? And I said, yes. He went, did you really write this song? I said, yes. My daddy recorded it kind of. I was like, yeah. we, we just did it together, you know. And he went, he was like, can I speak to your mom? And I was like, who are you? <laughs> he was like, I'm the manager of, of the band. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And yeah, and from there, um, he was called Luke Mitzman and he's Stephen Lipson's uh, stepson. Yes. Right. So it kind of like he was, you know, for someone who just went to school, he was properly in like London and the music industry. And uh, yeah, and that was basically how my career started. And within the year, I was signed to Mercury Universal, uh, which is so young. So how young. does that even, how do you even get your head around that at that age? You don't. <laughs> I just look back and I'm like, I remember my mum saying, do you understand what you're signing? Do you understand? And I was like, I don't really but i emotionally do i understand how it makes me feel but like if i looked back like even financially or it's con the contract five album all this stuff it didn't i obviously had lawyers and and i we went through everything it's very standard stuff but looking back it's like i thought a five album deal was amazing what they want me for five albums Rather than now, I'd be like, hmm, five albums is quite a lot. So, you know what I mean? Like, mm. you, you just, you're not, you're just kind of like, wow, this is amazing. And um, yeah, it was a whirlwind. And I went straight away. I was supporting people like Paolo Nutini. And uh, yeah, it was mental. And I was just 16, probably 17 when it all kind of yeah i don't know i, I and this still... is this is singing your your songs my songs so at this point i was an artist under just my name yeah. so rachel Ferner. um and it was very piano based it was kind of um quite left i think they wanted it to be older than i was mm-hmm. so i kind of conformed on that because i i do write um as i think you mentioned in the intro but i, I do I've always written the same and it's quite mature mm-hmm. thing. It's not like, I want to kiss, but wait, oh, yeah. it does get into that on my next artist project, but it didn't <laughs> yes. start like that. No. It started very much like, which is very, just very serious piano songs. Um, and this is almost like before Adele, like this is how long ago it was. I was going to so say, because normally when people do this sort of thing, there's some kind of record company head that says, oh, you know, we need her to be the kind of British version of this. Yeah. So I was just trying to think who was around yeah. at the time that would you would have, was it like Tori Amos or? It was, I think for me, it was, I just got sold in as the the new Kate Bush. The there new Kate Bush. The there new Kate go. Bush. I, You know, she was 50, was she 15 with Wuthering yeah. Heights? I mm. think I was. You were that. 15. Big shoes to fill. <laughs> Also, like, you know, it just started off badly because uh, how do you, yeah, how do you even start by matching up to when you go, she's a new Kate Bush, let's put a few tracks on. And it's kind of like, 
you know, a 15 year old trying to figure out what the hell she's doing, like what kind of songs to write. So it was really difficult. And I definitely felt over the three years I was signed there, the music industry was changing so rapidly. It suddenly was like, it's all about pop, like pop, 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 pop. And I, and I wasn't doing pop. And, and it was like, suddenly my image they wanted to kind of it just all got a bit kind of really confused the whole thing felt very confused by the end um and I struggled a lot with trying to make an album with such little knowledge Mm. of of the work like looking back it's like they gave me so much space and room to create it which is unbelievable I'm probably saying the opposite to most young artists which is like they kind of got I was given room to make my whole record. It was with youth um, wow. at state-of-the-art studios. Um, I, I was basically playing every instrument. I wrote all the songs. I could tell anyone what – I could be like, let's put Omnicord all over it. I could do – and I was like, okay. Um, and looking, listening back to it, it's so confused. And um, – I love it. It's so cute, but it's just, it would never have worked really. Um, but it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It was my apprenticeship into becoming a songwriter I am today. You know, I got to the age of 19 and I was like, cool, I know how this works now. I know how to be in a room with people. I know how to interact. I know what sounds good. I know when not to stifle someone's energy or to knock someone's ego I kind of I I did all that kind of like wrong and right footing in that period. Hmm. Um, so I felt that when I did move into songwriting, I'm just so thankful for that whole time. I've seen the record label side of it. I've seen how it feels to be an artist. Like, yeah, it was it was it was tough, but honestly, that one of the best things that happens. It's a positive way of looking at it, but I still imagine that after three years of being signed to a label and doing loads of gigs and recording at amazing studios, you must have at some point hoped that something would come from it as far as a release. Yeah, yeah. That must I have mean, been slightly disappointing to have done all that work and in the end then go, do you know what? Maybe we'll just leave it. Yeah, I think I got dropped by the label and my publisher Ouch. within the same week or the same month. Um, and then... Uh, briefly after unfortunately my manager at the time then moved to LA uh, to manage which he's still there and we just had to part ways because we weren't so I was basically like sit- I remember sitting on a bench on the strand after that conversation with my my ex-manager and I was like I phoned mum I was like I'm done that's it what how can it- everything's gone and you know, my parents are incredible and super positive and, and it's, you know, they were like, what do you want to do now? And I was like, I want to keep going, but I don't, I want to do pop now. Right. Because I was so influenced by this. I failed because music is now at pop. So I had this like obsession then with becoming this pop artist. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you've probably heard this a million times from writers who are also artists where it's a poison chalice really, because yeah. you can write anything. Yeah. Not anything, also I'm not saying I've got anything, but you can write multiple genres. Yeah. So it was very easy for me to flip from that to that. Mm. Again, very confusing because eventually I didn't want to just do pop. So I just did pop. I did YouTube. 
I became a bit viral on YouTube under the name of Titch. So I was this manufactured, it felt very kind of like young and manufactured. And um, I started to do really well with that, got signed again to a different label. Um, I was doing my own shows, sometimes 2,000, 3,000 people, and most of them being 12 to 14-year-old girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically got to 21, and I thought, I hate this so much. This is so not for me. I was so anxious. It just, what, the stage life, performing life, I was like, this isn't for me. And I basically just went, right, I'm going to do songwriting. Done. Because I confused myself again within that within that project. Yeah. I wrote, I just wanted to start writing piano songs again or slightly rocky songs. And everyone was like, what is happening? I was like, I don't want to be stuck. And it's like, well, then give songs to lots of different people doing different things. Mm. You don't, and I hate it. I performed at the O2, supporting Ollie Murs. Um, this is the end of the Titch project. And I walked off stage and went, that was one of the worst experiences of my life. Like, And it shouldn't have been. I was so, I just felt like I was going to be sick, be sick, be sick, be sick. It was like just kind of what was going on. I'm condensing a lot of years of trauma, as you can probably tell. No, I'm, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm getting that. And the positivity is amazing because, as I say, I think a lot of those things, those disappointments at the time must have been incredibly hard. But I think, and also because of the, the second time around, I mean, well, by the time you were kind of done, you'd almost been doing it. You'd kind of been yeah. trying to be a pop star for 10 years. And actually, with some, you know, you'd had chart success, as you said, you'd had, you know, the precursor to TikTok, which was kind of, you know, the MySpace, uploading stuff to YouTube, doing a bit of your own promo, working with amazing people, um, and and actually scratching that itch of putting out things that sounded like big power pop records, which totally. you know, they you know, Dumb was, Obsession was, you know, those those yeah. a lot of that stuff were they were exactly those things. You achieved they that were. goal. But and um the fans that were enjoying that were real. Yeah. And that's what felt so re- you know, it, I'm sure people feel like now with TikTok, it's hard when you have lots of views on YouTube or something. Mm. When it actually goes into ticket sales and these people turn up mm-hmm. you know it's like wow this is amazing but yet still i found it very pre- i found the responsibility of making people happy very hard like i just found that so so difficult yeah. um but but yeah it, it was it was it was insane so yeah you're right by the time i was 23 you know it'd been nine years mm. and um you know two different publishings two different record labels um two different managers you know it's it was a lot and i and i do think you know you can get away with a lot when you're young because you're so durable you're so you're you're like a you know you're that duracell rabbit you can kind of keep going keep going keep going i think now i'm i'm a lot more like Oh, oh goodness me this is this is a lot isn't it you know some, sometimes I'll just sit and look at news chemistry or what's happening I'm like okay let's go again yeah. <laughs> I'm a but, bit more fatigued now I think but another thing that as you say I love how you say that it gives you all this experience another thing it gives you experience of which is great is working with young artists and the pressures that they have 
um, which which arguably are as big as possibly even a little more than them because they are responsible for so much, you know, as in at least when you were doing stuff, you were signed to record labels and labels were probably doing a bit more as opposed to you being responsible for in, most of your content. But I think, um, yeah, you have an, uh, you know, if you go in with a young artist, you know, or, or you know, the Little Mix girls or whoever, you have an understanding of what their life is a bit like. Hopefully, because you've done um, it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I can also see maybe the trappings that yeah. that, that they feel, which is, I mean, I, I basically got, I fell foul of it twice, really, Yeah, which is the, oh, yes, I, mu- I must release that song to get X, Y, Z. Oh, I have to go this direction because it would get played on that station. I yeah. mean, I had literally... Um, I won't say who, but I, a, a head of a, a company who was, they haven't given too much away, but saying, if you release that this this certain song, um, we will promise to kind of support the next two singles going forward mm-hmm. and a support slot. And it was this kind of thing. And and turn around after a whole 12-week campaign and prepping, the you know, because it was so long back back then, but, you know. Mm. And, and it was, oh, yeah, we're not going to play it. And it was like, I've just put my control in someone else's hands, essentially. There's nothing to do with my career. They have no vested interest. Like, I don't know why I thought it's just, it was just strange. I think now I'm, I'm a big advocate of, you know, do as, do as own as much as you can, if you can, or like at least be involved in the beginning so much that you've already created what your product is or your, your kind of USP, whoever you are, whatever you are, the thing that means the most to you, get that established. And then they'll love, people love that, really. They like being given something they can work with. I think, including record labels, they like the reason so many TikTok artists get signed and viral sensations get signed is is not, yes, obviously the algorithm and the numbers, but because, oh, they found what works so we don't have to. Yeah. And, and I, to me, that's not a bad thing at all. Like, if I put out all my favourite piano songs ever now and um, it did well and someone wanted to use those songs off the back of it, well, I'd be like, great, because I've spent that time those years before with no pressure creating that. Yeah. Um, and that's how it should be. If you want it to be like that, if you don't, that's also fine. If you want to be... I'm also all for a manufactured artist in the sense of like, if they don't want to write songs, yes, I am hit. That's literally what we do. Yeah. I would love someone with an insane voice or a band or whatever to kind of go, this is what we're looking for. Um, this is my range. These are the types of lyrics that, and that's what I've loved with commercial pop over the years is that, and Littermix do, you know, we've had lots of sessions with them, yeah. um, but light secret love song that they weren't in the room. Um, and but their their vocals are incredible, so it's like it's a perfect combination of a of a song that songwriters could craft together. Yeah. Then it gets taken away. They sing, they add their personality to it, and then they tour it, and off it goes. And I can just watch and enjoy, and not have to get on the stage <laughs> and panic about what the record label, you know, it, all that stuff is then taken away, and I and I have found that's been really nice so mentioning that i mean was that one of the first sessions that you did 
coming into um, songwriting? Yeah, well, actually, it was one of the the last as an artist. So oh. yeah, so I was. Um, this is the, I, I will shorten this. It's a very long story. <laughs> long story short, um, I was basically. I, I think I'd been dropped by that point as Titch. Um, I, I knew I, I knew it was going to be over. I knew I didn't want to do it, but I also hadn't told the other writers. I think the sessions I had remaining, yeah, that I just wanted to be a songwriter because I felt that, rightly or wrongly, oh, not get she's changing her thing again. I'm like, hi guys, you still want all these sessions with me? I'm not signed. I'm not an artist anymore. Mm. Um, so I think I probably for the last few months just kind of just wrote still as an artist but in my head just wrote whatever the whatever I wanted um and it just happened that um this song in particular I I basically fell in love with my manager mm-hmm. my new manager after years whatever I, we're now married so it's a happy story Good. Um, but I happened to be with Jez Ashurst and Emma Rohan. Uh, I think the, the weekend of me realizing I, oh, it was something just yeah. utterly uh, life changing for me at that time. So I went in the I went in this in the session as a full on artist who needs to write a song mm-hmm. about themselves. You know, it was, it was a much, I don't think I would do that now as a songwriter as much kind of rare I felt kind of railroading a session like this is all about me today yeah. but uh, but it was and um they were guessing who it was because I wasn't saying who it was and um Emma Rohan thought it was Prince Harry was my secret love wow okay I think Jez mentioned Harry Styles all of which I was could have been possible um and um yeah, and I just, I we just sat there, and I'm sure Jez, you know, said this, but it just, it was the most emotional fueled kind of song. It wrote itself within a blink of an eye, um, and uh, I, I, that was it. I said, "Can you shove loads of reverb on it?" I tonsillitis, I think my voice was going. I, it was all live. I played mm. the piano and just shouted the whole demo, like just uh, like the last course was just I think I was sobbing through the last course um but it meant so much and then that was it I got dropped obviously and that was that was the end and for the next two to three years that song was just sitting in a email I never really I thought about that was a nice song it wasn't that a really nice song but I was then at that point starting up my songwriting career um and three years later, that song came out, uh, which is totally bizarre. So I then had three years gap of that and it coming out. And then mm. within those three years, so I think I was 24 when it came out, or 23, 23, um, I started from scratch as a songwriter. So I didn't even have like any song to kind of get me in mm. session. So I was kind of like on someone's bed, you know, like we were trying to make a you know a song for someone that would probably never ever hear a song ever right and then that song came out and yeah just catapulted my career as a songwriter from that point and I felt like I was being listened to now as an as a songwriter not as a two times failed artist (laughs) um 
so yeah so it was it was incredibly good it didn't come out straight away Mm. because I think I needed again I needed the hustle I needed to go wow songwriting is really hard or it can be beautiful it can be hustly you know um and then by the time it came out I was a proper pro and I was ready if someone said go and write with I think I had a session with um one of my first sessions was I think it was was with with Kylie Mm. and I, I remember thinking crikey but I can do this because I've done yeah I can do this now I'm, I'm okay and I, I, I could go I don't think that let's try this idea and you have to be pretty gutsy mm. to feel like you can kind of say no to someone that you've like I'll say no but offer a different yeah voice or or like you know anything more than they do so insane um but yeah so that came out and um yeah, ever since then, Jez and Emma, we've been on a kind of journey together, I guess, of doing lots of sessions and, and yeah, over the 10 years now, probably, been writing together. That, I think there's a lot about that. I think that proved, that shows why the song connected so much. Yeah. Because it yeah. was more. And yeah. also, <laughs> um, you had to, whoever was going to cover it, and that's why it was, it was perfect with Little Mixes, you know, you need singers. Like, you yeah. couldn't. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, that group is full of them, which is great. But it's, you know, it's one of those punch the air choruses. And you need, as you say, you need to really sob your way through it to yeah. make it believable. Yeah, you need that, you know, that the cry voice, you know, which is what the only way you've got to do for it. me. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just love, I love a big chorus. I just love it. And, you know, at, at, even now, there's there's always just a handful of people that could do those types of songs, and we're all kind of fighting over have mine, have mine, have mine. <laughs> well, it could. I think I always said Secret Love Song could have been a Celine Dion record. Oh, stop, Steve! I would have done <laughs> that. Listen, she can cover it, Celine, if you're listening. <laughs> Especially when us the girls did. Um, the kind of slower kind of orchestral version oh, in their talent show yeah and with all the strings on it and stuff and i remember saying at the time i was like crikey that i could hear that as a kind of almost like a celine record which yeah. was and i think again that's why it's connect i think that's why people connect to it is that it's a bit of it's dressed up and obviously you're able to do the two versions so you have the kind of the derulo one as well but it might be dressed up as something modern but actually is just a big old power ballad totally and i remember even saying to jez uh and emma I was like, because the lyric is, why can you hold me in the street? Why can I kiss you on yeah. the dance floor? I was like, dance floor? We're sat there for a while going, do people say dance floor? Yeah. Not really, actually. <laughs> and it's those little bits of like, oh, but it works so well. Yes. Because actually it it is, a it, it's written very classic. And even the, we keep it, ching, yeah. ching, ching. It, it's you're right it, there's nothing actually modern about it i don't think really in 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 its writing um so the production of the produced version uh, i remember hearing it i was like this makes no sense to me <laughs> at all yeah. but i'll go with it because that's what you do as a songwriter so you just kind of yeah. go okay <laughs> yeah um but that it's great you know it it worked for for what for what that was completely and how you sold a ballad at that time um, but the part two, which is is almost identical to the original demo, mm. um, that's that for me. Just 
it will always it will just always be that my most special song ever and it's about my husband mm. and it was about something so real and what felt very frowned upon in the industry yeah at the time you know don't and and you and looking back now it's oh for god's sake you know you meet people at work i made it into this whole thing and um but it but it fueled a a, you know a lovely a lovely emotional moment that i think we're constantly all trying to find in sessions which is you know which jez is amazing actually trying to go how does it feel like how do you feel i feel like this and it's like well let's put it in there yeah exactly i think that's absolutely right i spoke to john green about it the same thing and it's like it's just about yeah it's about emotion Mm -hmm. um and i thought it's kind of interesting like the few the first few of your songs that were kind of getting released were you know there were that there were songs that maybe like for instance the the Craig David song was unlike anything I'd ever heard him do before in my life. <laughs> I know. I I feel like I um was that you bringing him into your world? Oh bit? yeah. I I felt so utterly grateful that he he's he's so lovely and trusting and sweet. Yeah. We were in this like office, literally an office with a electric like an e piano, you know. Yeah. And I, I just went in and I was in a very, also around this time, like you probably never had this before, but as a woman writer, my hormones play a massive part on my, my song in a session. I was so hormonal that day. And I was like, time's running out for all of us. Oh my God. And I was so suffocated by my own like estrogen or something. Mm. I was just like, <gasps> and he was like, let's write, let's write, let's write. And I was like, um, and I was like, love is all we needed, but time let us down because that's essentially what happens. Like, uh, and, and, and actually it's a really dark song. Mm. Like wish that I was staying longer. Like the verse is almost like we basically, it turned into like the last moments of someone's life. (laughs) And I wanted it to be like that because I wanted to write from, that's how I felt. And I am a very dark person, really. Um, and he just went with it and sang it so beautifully. And we were just having goosebumps in the room and it became the children in need single of that yeah. year. Yeah. And it, it definitely was a step away from his comfort zone. I'm, I'm sure of that. I know that. Um, but it just connected in, in such an interesting way that I think, yeah it it shocked not shocked but i think it it drew a lot of people in who potentially don't listen to that type of music or that yeah. type of lyric yeah um you know r&b and you know garage and stuff it's a song about the last the, the thought of someone's last days or something you know it's quite it's quite heavy so i i'm just so thankful that the label the manager everyone let like kind of allowed that to go yeah it's 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 an amazing song and i think it's you know and it just proves that you don't have to pigeonhole people i was interested with um when you're talking about kind of being a woman in a session it's what what things like the secret love song thing as you say allows you to do is all of a sudden you're going to start getting offered more things what's it like when you go into a session with effectively another one of you so say someone like francis how does that work because you two kind of do the same job totally and ironically now we are best friends 
from our first session we were like i think you have to um i think this is what i was saying um about the kind of apprenticeship of my first years you have to figure out who the leader is of that day yeah and i think it, it changes quite dramatically from session to session but also like ego um confidence vulnerability whose story it is and i found it very hard at first to step back because i think with with francis she's so utterly brilliant and and we actually we do do the same thing but she's far more kind of accomplished is the wrong word but she she's to me she's she's she does something that i can't do Mm -hmm. I want her to, I I just wanted her to do her thing. So I'll be there to support when she goes, is that good in the ring? Or, or what do you think goes there? Or is what, what? And then I'll be like, oh yeah, okay, maybe this chord. But I think once you get two leaders or two kind of like tops, and I'm the yeah. top often or the leader often, like it's not anything to do with your personality. But um, for me, someone like Sophie, I will happily... Uh, sorry, Francis. I'll yeah. happily sit back and and just be there to facilitate because she's so incredible, and I don't think she she would want me to be like, then my go, my go. Let me go on the piano now. Can I go on the piano now? You know, or <laughs> because I've had that in sessions multiple times when I'm in such a, <gasps> I've got it, I've got, it. I'm on the piano and I feel like my energy is going through my hands into the piano and I'm about to get it. I'm about to get it whatever that is yeah. i'm so close to it and someone goes should we just try a new or or new idea or can i can i have a go or um i don't know it just feels a bit and it's like we haven't got there yet and they're already kind of like kind of oh just stopping that process mm -hmm. um so it's all about sensing the room for me if i see an artist it's just kind of like focusing looking down at their instrument looking at trying to kind of almost block out us talking i'm like right we all need to shut up and just mm -hmm. let them even if they're sitting there for half an hour kind of staring at the keys they're, they're going through a process or i'll well i'm just gonna nip out and get a coffee or something so i can get back they deliver their idea and go aha i see what you're saying let me help you with that now um or you have it the opposite way where you you get the vibe they really have no kind of direction that day or they they don't have any inspiration and i'm like let's go and then i'm like leading and i'm like hey let's tell me anything you like don't like you know i'm very open i'm not precious and so let's just go for it and um sometimes i have artists that go oh i love it i love it i love it the whole day and i'm like this is great and i just get to just write a whole song and they're so chuffed with it at the end because really they might not have wanted to have written that song that day you know mm. um so yeah but but yeah the francis of this world um really could write the best songs ever on their own constantly so yeah but they get they she obviously gets something out of the fact that you know you're you are in the room so you're bringing a different energy and she probably wouldn't have written that same song had you not been there yeah and i think i i end up I've had I've got lots of girlfriends um in the industry because there's something very special about kind of that 
female writing bond. Mm. And I think if you can encourage and lift each other up and support and not, you know, there's definitely been times in my life, and I'm not competitive usually, but like a produce, a male producer will go, which one of you girls wants to sing? And let's say we're both singers, two writers. And there's an instant reaction of me in my head. I'm like, it doesn't have to be me. Why would it have to be me? You know, and there are slight moments of, and it's like, oh no, you could do it. And then it goes, you do it, you do it, you do it. Um, So there's definitely like, you do have to kind of watch occasionally your own ego maybe, Mm. Uh, which is interesting because I'm watching my ego. I've watched my ego a lot over the years because it is the most amazing slash awful thing to have in a room. And it depends which part of your ego you bring in. And I've brought in my bad side a few times and it doesn't work. So um, I do kind of try and cross check myself on, you know, how I how I play a session and how I support other women. And when I step up, when I pull back. Mm. Um, yeah. So how so that's you and Francis writing a song. Explain how it works when you're in a world. So like the couple of songs that you did for the vamps where there's gazillion writers on it yeah so uh and i was the only woman <laughs> like all <laughs> what are you, see, what, is, is, is it is it everybody in the room or just some of those people is it one of those things because i know there are times of songs where it starts in one place and then it goes yeah. to another and goes to another and then you kind of inherit it and by the time you've inherited it's already got people attached so yeah. was that the case with that or were there just a lot of people in a room well i think it's a bit of both so the vamps on we were on a writing camp um in bath do you know the real world studios? oh the real world yeah 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 so yeah yeah so it was Lovely. you know incredible super vibey um with all my favorite people like yeah I'm, everyone's my favorite people but like you know <laughs> just writers i'm like love you all we've all written together before and it kind of ended up being we all kind of spilled into uh, kind of each other's rooms at certain points but um both hands and personal were written on the same day. Really? Yeah, within that's half a good hour. day. That's yeah, a good day. It was a re- I remember it was Jordan J was the A and R. He was like, yeah. "Brilliant, thanks, guys." I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." Um, and yeah, we wrote both on the same day. Honestly, within half an hour, I feel yeah. like we did both. It was so quick, yeah. and we were having the best time. We basically set up um, a massive gang mic. Um, I think um, I think Sam said about the the uh, the title hands. I was like, hands is cool. I was like, cut, and then we'll kind of go hands. And then I got on the piano and I was going dum 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 dum. He was like, come on, lay your hands. I was like, oh, your hands on it. And then we just kind of like within five minutes, the whole chorus is written. And then Red Triangle, who were there, started joining in. We don't have, and then that just went round and round. The verses written within that just jamming session, Mm. and then personal was written the same way. So that's us four, and then um, any ad pods or kind of stuff after that. Mm. Um, Because I think both are with uh, American features on. Yeah, um, there's Sabrina Sabrina, Carpenter. Who I love, Sabrina Carpenter. Sabrina Carpenter should be so much bigger. She's unreal, and yeah. um, we and we actually did both of those as a duet on the day. So okay. I sang 
at both of the second verses anyway. Yeah. And I think Sam did uh verses. So it was again we 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 hinted at it be a duet mm. and um Jordan pulled both of them off being duets, which was amazing. So it was it was a good team effort all around and it was so much fun. Yeah. Um and you know, I I I always want to have up tempo songs as well. <laughs> yeah. So it's good to have a song that's not too like oh, Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, some some bangers. I like also the fact that it, it, as you say, because you're not the artist, and you can just you can flit around between genres. So you know you've done a little bit of what would be called sort of a little bit of the new country thing, you know, with working yeah. with people like you know with with Ward Thomas and you know yeah, pe- people that. like yeah, and 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 I think it's again it's lovely to probably just go in one day and say right totally different i mean it's still you're writing a song it's how it's dressed up doesn't it? it's not necessarily country but i mean you know i think a lot of and also i think the war thomas one was was with adam argyle who's just one of his name there's so many songs that i adore and every time i go to the credits so it's like oh it's adam argyle again yeah adam argyle is there's something about he's super dark like he's he's got a real depth of music musicality mm. and like feeling to him like i i just connect to people that seem kind of that they analyze they're very affected by even just an e minor yes uh, you know just sit there or just for me someone can play a chord progression i'm like oh my gosh okay oh what do you think and and he's he's got that kind of thoughtfulness with everything everything is like how does it feel when it hits? What does that lyric really mean? And he really has that. And there's a, there's a, there's definitely a darkness to his production mm. that I really enjoy. Um, I love a bit of grit. And I think with the War Thomas stuff, all three of them, all three songs were written about anxiety. Mm. Um, and at the time, I was I, when we wrote them, um, I was going through a very strange kind of intrusive thought vibe of anxiety which we all have probably as creative yeah um and it, again it was healing for all of us we, we kind of needed it and they were steve robson actually two were steve robson one was with adam argyle um and it was a really incredible process and um i think katie musgraves had just kind of made her kind of you know big explosion onto the nashville kind of writing scene uh, artists and we were all very inspired by her kind of raw lyrics and stuff like that um so yeah i love it i love being able to just to go from genre to genre yeah no a- absolutely and i think when you talk the other thing i'm interested in is like when you talk about the darkness of of songs and songs that you finish and you love and they nearly find a home and don't find a home and then do find a home um, one of my favourite things you've ever written is Ruins. Which... Oh, that was on the same camp. No, it wasn't. That was on a different camp, but that was at Real World. With, yeah, well. with, with, with Biff and Ash. But it, it's, and obviously it ended up having, finding a home with, with Claire Richards. But um, oh, again, that, that is, that's a song that needs a singer. And she, and, and Claire is phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Like, she's got, she's again got that, it's a Celine thing. Again. Yeah, the real gut coming from the bottom of your kind of diaphragm kind of voice and 
ruins um interestingly was done i don't you know real well do you know the big grand piano in yeah. there yeah yeah uh we we me and sam literally just sat there um biff and ash had created this kind of i think jess as well a different, again this was lots of different bits at yeah. different points but um this kind of like um, prince type ballad track mm. and it was beautiful um <clears throat> you know yeah. that real like and we just loved it and we took it away and just sat at the piano and um i just said i, I just wanted to do i just because the previous days that was a little mix camp we'd done some really up tempo really kind of like i don't want to but you know it's very <laughs> kind of like of yeah. the time fast kind of pacey i said like, i just want to do a big f off ballad um and i think sam put some very personal kind of there's some stories that he wanted to write about at the time and there was stuff that i wanted to write about which was necessarily that kind of like shit that sh I, I love the idea of you know shame and we don't often kind of like try and look inward and outward at, at is it shameful or is it shame is it guilt mm. is it am I just upset like it was it was a I wanted it to be quite a complicated kind of like emotional unpack you know um there's beauty and ruins there's beauty and disaster and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff so um but that was we were crying both of us were crying when we wrote that as well um <laughs> but actually the that the demo of that of me singing that one I absolutely love I love it because it's wobbling all over the place because it's so I'm so emotional as I'm singing it because mm. I think Sa I think Sam was getting quite emotional when I was watching him as I was singing it you know and you feel like oh god um <laughs> So yeah, she she absolutely just nailed it, loved it. And you also got to help her write a song. That I know she was incredibly nervous about writing something original for that album, but to actually, I don't think she yeah. went in with any idea that she was going to write something about her kids. But I know she was amazing. She was so sweet. And Je again, Jez comes into his own here, yeah, because he just. Yeah, I think I do as well, but I think we both make people feel quite comfortable, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. And also we know each other very well, so we could kind of like encourage and be like, people want to hear what you have to say as well. People want to feel like they've had an insight into the world of Claire, you know, the, yeah, the yeah. And, 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 and what how you feel and the vulnerability. And... I wasn't a mum at the time. I am now. And I can only imagine actually now how emotional <laughs> that must be. Like, I was going to say, now you've got it. You can hear it in a totally different way. Yeah. And if if I wrote a song about my daughter in a session and I had to talk about, I feel like I would just cry the whole day. Like, I just, I'm so, yeah. I love her so much. <laughs> I'm like, it's just such a complexity of emotions. And even at home, I've tried to write a song about her yeah. so many times. And it, I never, I can never do her justice. So, uh, but I feel like we did with with Brave. I feel like it's got a really nice, you know, empowering sentiment to it. It really does. It really does. And then, of course, the year later, you you tick one of your life boxes by getting a song on the Steps album. I know. I <laughs> I could not believe it. 
All I need now, I've got steps. You want a Westlife song, right? All yeah. And a All Celine. I want is a Westlife. Westlife Celine steps and you want S Club Seven to reunite just oh, to sing your song, right? Yeah, and <laughs> and also like probably I wouldn't mind Matt Bellamy from Muse wanting to do a co-write. Okay. Just manifest. Manifest. Yeah, manifest. <laughs> Manif- it's um, literally it's all about but, manifestation. But yeah, steps. Uh, just I I saw steps when I was young. I think the most out of any live artist. Hmm. Like deeper shade of blue. Um, was again. It's a really sad song. Hmm. Nothing I can do is away. You know, it's got all that like. Same with natural SL7. Is around obviously, but they're sad, and and I'm I just always connect to that so much. And the step song I did is really is quite sad as well and yeah. it's quite um my body again sequel love song has that well they all fall on that second chord to the mm. the cheeky minor there why not every chord should have a minor on the second chord um it should it should it just it it, it it lifts and then you suddenly get like pushed into like feeling something different you're like oh it's the chorus oh <gasps> what's this note and then it yeah. goes back to majors like oh but then we go but like to a major kind of seventh on the line uh uh so yeah i was very excited about that um, but i think this the, the sad banger thing is is just an extension of disco i mean disco totally. but step's biggest hit of of all time is called tragedy i mean it oh, is all yeah. about that's what i mean it is and one for sorrow um, yeah it's all sad and i mean you know and it goes back to the you know the disco you know, era of I will survive or, you know, everything is, exactly. it's, it's heartbreak. It's heartbreak on the dance floor. Yeah. It, and, and people, especially now, like I, I always say this to uh, Alex, who's husband's manager. Yes. I feel like with, we, we are so, there's so much information now and we feel so many things and we're, we're kind of like, we're kind of numb to a lot of stuff and I feel like that is why like you're saying earlier these resurgence are coming back like why smooth radio mad mellow magic that's yep. why because pe- people go oh I can feel now I can I I'm able to try and work out what I'm feeling I think we have such complex kind of traumatic feelings now I think we're all in a real especially like if I write with young people and look at p- younger people I know kind of mm. in their early twenties. It's like, bloody hell, like it's really tough. COVID, their lives, like, everything is really difficult. And music is the medicine to that. And I think you want something with a banging beat. Like it kind of, is this good? Is this happy? Is this sad? Is this empowering? Is it like, depressing i have no idea but it makes me want to kind of like move and cry and yeah do everything and i think if you can get that in in a song as you know not all songs obviously if i could it would be all songs um but yeah you, you're doing something really good for people i feel like it's you're basically giving the gift to kind of express and release some emotion 
I agree. And I think, you know, in, in those weird two years, people did go back and listen to, they didn't want to have hear the newest thing. They wanted to hear a thing that would give them comfort. And I, I think that's why some of those voices came back around again, I think, you know, and why a lot of people, you know, went sort of steps, as you say, steps were back, Westlife were back. Um, you got to write a song with Natalie Imbruglia, which was a voice that oh, yes. everyone had really missed such a long time and um you know and that whole project was just i mean i saw her a couple of weeks ago and she was live and just again it is it's a, a, an album of really beautifully written songs and 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 an unmistakable voice one of those voices you know that's the that's the only thing that can sometimes be slightly problematic with some not all of the kind of uh tiktok generation of things is that you don't often get a voice that you could recognize as being one person within two seconds of hearing them singing. And I think Natalie is one of those people that you hear, she can sing a word and you'll go, oh, it's Nat. Uh, Just a beautifully husky, rich tone. Yeah. Um, And it's just, yeah, she, she, it's so funny. Like there's been, I think I did a song with James Morrison uh, around the same time as, as Natalie. I had, I think, oh, maybe that was just before, or just during the beginning of COVID, I think. And both of those people, when they started singing in the room, yeah. it's like, what? The, what? This I is know. so. It's James. like they're in. Like their voices are so dis- distinctive and like accurate to how it's represented in the record as well. That's another yeah. thing. Because often some artists don't actually sound anything like they actually do. Um, and yeah, you're kind of sitting there for a second. You have to kind of pinch yourself and re- yeah. reset the fangirl because it's like, yeah, they are as good and they are as that it is as magical as you would imagine it would be, or yeah. even better when they're right by your ear. Like when James was sitting there by my ear, I was like, oh my god, he's <laughs> his voice is utterly incredible. Yeah, but you know it is. But it, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a real privilege. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to kind of get into just finishing off a couple of things with just real personal favorites of mine. Um, and I, I think it's really interesting, even though like you've said that uh, there's been timing things whereby, you know, it was never the right time. It was never the right time. You know, there are a few things that were the right time. I sort of feel like almost now or in the last year, I feel like it's so the right time for your writing. Um, the birdie song, the birdie song, I just called it the birdie song. I mean, oh, not the birdie song. I wrote the birdie song. I, no, no. I mean, Lighthouse. Talk about Lighthouse. Talk about Daniel Tashan. Talk about, wow. I mean, Unbelievable. what's that experience um, like? So the whole experience of Lighthouse was just a unique one. Um, first of all, she is the most extraordinary woman. Hmm. she's so interesting like she's she's um so reflective and and very i found her so hard to read uh which was in a very nice way because uh, you know she she was i i wanted to explore i wanted to find out what where she wanted to go and it was it was a lot of kind of like guessing games between us it was just me and her the same room that uh all we needed was written the craig david ballads interesting um yeah, yeah in the office just in that office again uh with the same little piano and i was producing that day um so it was i was producing she was 
uh, that is just me and her. And she was, we were kind of back and forth on ideas and she was playing these beautiful, every chord she played was just magical, incredible. But she just basically felt like she didn't like anything. She was like, oh, no, it's not good enough. I was thinking, literally, any of these is unbelievable. Um, and I I was playing something, uh, and I was like, da-da-da-da-da-da. I was like, oh, it sounds like Lighthouse. Lighthouse. Will you be my li-? And then she said, will you, will you be my lighthouse? I was like, what? And I was like, guide the way oh take me home like I was like oh and then it just kind of like spiraled from that but it was just happened phonetically it just sounded like blah blah I was laughing because it sounds like lighthouse and then I think unless she had gone will you be my I maybe would have forgotten that trail of thought I had you know I don't think I had a this is the title um so Again, that's where co-writing is just unbelievable because she went, she heard what I meant, but she thought I meant the concept. Yeah. But I just meant the sound of it. Yeah. <laughs> so she she was unreal. Um. So yeah, and then it again, you know, what 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 does Lighthouse do amazingly? Is it, it gives you a multitude of things to instantly write about? Mm. You know, rough seas, trying to get home, find a way, um, and her delicate delivery a delicate writing the production of it it just always just like yeah that's great um and one of my most proudest songs i think because i produced the original demo of it um and i delivered it to the label with birdie singing it you know all those things that i felt like i'm a woman and i they they took me seriously I know that sounds really stupid, but my kind of imposter syndrome is a lot on my gender. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because I felt like that over the years a bit. When it comes to production, I definitely had a few interesting comments, um, uh, which has maybe made me question it if I should be near a computer. Is that my realm? Um, but I was, but I did, and I delivered it, and and it got cut, and it structurally was very similar to what I delivered the harmonies are all the same the string lines mm-hmm. so yeah I felt like wow that was my first kind of venture into like um the same with the Callum Scott song I produced the original demo on that one as well and yeah. um Fraser just ran with it and kind of made it kind of just real instruments and stuff but it really wasn't I arranged that song but um it, it wasn't that far from what I had done and it was another thing of like I did that. Okay. I can also, you know, deliver a song to a label to people so they can hear what it is and people are hearing it. And that that's why I think this past, these past few years have been so fulfilling and interesting and successful for me is because my confidence is growing and I'm, I'm, my hand is going into lots more things. I'm taking ownership of a lot more stuff now. Um, regardless of if I've been to university I mean I've never been taught anything on logic or pro tools or anything like I don't even like how to volume a mic or EQ it's all I'm just making I I don't really know what I'm doing in my head so I'm just just grateful (laughs) but but, but, well firstly you've got years of experience and secondly 
it's not. I had a really interesting um, uh, interview with Phineas O'Connell um, talking oh, about God. his record. And th- at the end of it, someone asked Phineas about, um, you know, sort of advice. What's the best advice you give? And he said the best advice he got is that it's if you like something, that's how it should be. So if someone says, oh, I love that. If, if someone says to you, well, you know, the mic gain on that isn't quite right. And it's like, yeah, but does it sound, do I, do you like how it sounds? Does yeah. it, you'll listen, don't look at it. Don't think about it. Listen, do you like it? It sounds, yes. That's all that matters. Love it doesn't matter that. technically what so you've done. Or how, yeah. Yeah. Do you like, if you're doing, you know, when something sounds wrong, as in if something's distorted, but if you listen to something and go, I like how that sounds, it doesn't matter how you've got there and i mean the majority of the best people in the world haven't sat there with a manual and learned how to do things the majority of people have just yeah. stumbled into it and made mistakes yeah and you know like we, me and my dad were listening to um a stevie wonder song yeah. uh and i think the beatles came on after and there's one stevie wonder song i think it's all in love is fair mm. the drums are so in quotes out of time yeah they're not it's the feel is unbelievable mm. the 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 levels actually if if you really want to put our modern day ears onto older records yeah they would not like no oh god redo the drums oh we need that it we have such a perfectionist ear now that all we go it has to be a drier vocal like i love reverb so my mm. downfall is oh it's, it's a bit outdated it sounds a bit, and i'm like I love the sound of reverb. I love how that sounds on the voice. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the same thing. It's like it suits that song. Those drums in the Stevie ones, the the kind of like slightly kind of out of tune guitars or some things, mm. or you know the the very poor balance of drums to vocal mm. or whatever on some stuff. It's what makes that song. And you're right. I think and this is right. Like you just. It's all about getting rid of that inner critic or the outside kind of influence and go, is this what this song needs? Yes. Is it maybe like slightly you know, peaky or distorted? Or but does that add to the, the kind of texture of the song? Yeah. Or then have that confidence. I think it's having that confidence to go, okay, so that's how it's going to be, um, which I'm still definitely on that uh i'm still trying to learn how to be okay with what i do yeah because um yeah with writing and and lyrics i i will i will happily stand by everything i do yeah or i'll go looking back that was not very good or whatever but but i think with when i do vocal productions or productions or even demos i i I, I, the amount of questioning and cross-check, uh, I, I can't quite kind of have that all-round uh, confidence that I have with my writing. But that's because I've been doing it for less time. I know that. but And I'm probably, yeah, I've got a lot more. I'm doing my apprenticeship now <laughs> for that. That's good. And, I mean, when it comes to perfect songs, I mean, I've said this to you before, um, but haven't had a chance to say it to your face, but... The Jazz Morley song is oh. easily one of the best songs of the last 20 years. Same. Oh, thank you so much, Steve. Isn't so it's, it's, it, 
it's it's called Nobody Knows. And I remember just the first time I heard it, I thought, gosh, people say, oh, you know, they don't write songs like they used to. They do, and that's it. Oh, so thank you. I, do you know where that song was written, Steve? Go on, same place. In the office, <laughs> on, that, on that clapping over. <laughs> the unsoundproofed office. Thank you. So, I, that was, again, I just sat at the piano, both of us, talked about how anxious we were. About three hours, wrote the song in about half an hour. Yeah, um, and that was that was that vocal was the original vocal that I recorded on the day. Yeah, uh, the piano was the same piano from the day. Like it was nothing really got changed from that. No. Um, at all. And I don't know if you know, but the streets. Yes, there's, I, I found that this morning. Yeah, I yeah. didn't actually know about that. Yeah, um, which. I mean, who would have thought that and the streets would go together? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a beautiful song. She, she's she's, she's yeah. got some real kind of Amazing. depth to her. She also has another song. Um, oh, the, the name's escape me now. Gives a D. Uh, that oh, it's really annoyed me. Anyway, it's what it's her biggest stream, I think. Uh, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's like distorted or something. Yeah, and, that, I think another one. Yeah, know. and it's um, again just. Oh God! Yeah, that's that's how it should go. Yeah. Then you can't. There's nothing I'll ever change on on those types of songs or those sessions. Um. So yeah, I'm so glad you like that. I I remember it's, writing that, thinking round and round and round and round. I know. It's all the it's all the same. Um, talking about new artists, you have just. It, I know you've just worked with as it's about to come out and it will be out by the time this comes out. One, one of my favourite um, younger artists who I've actually had on here, which is Grace Davis. Oh, I love her. I mean, wow, she's the real deal, right? Yeah. And her, she has so, I mean, the the businesswoman in her, as well as incredible songwriter, incredible musician, incredible lyricist, She she's just so savvy and she's on it yeah in in every way and, and i admire her in she's just a lovely she's hilarious and i can't say anymore she's just unbelievable um and uh yeah i wrote that with her the song coming out is called already yeah. gone um with her and one of my really good friends other really good friends katia who's an amazing songwriter as well again mm. all female rooms love it <laughs> was done in the office with the piano. There's a there's a definitely something <laughs> happening here. But I think I I guess like her attention to detail for lyrics and your attention. I mean, you know, you there was so much to bond over with the two of yeah. you, I would imagine. And you're so right because her they were majority, especially the verses where she talks about the white the picket I don't know if you've heard the song but yeah. yeah. Uh, the picket fence and about kind of the blue door and you know it was yeah. very specific. So actually type of lyric that I don't do as much, which I always think when people do, I'm like, love that style. Yeah. Um, she just came out with it. And then the I just sat at the piano. Um, so all the chords, I was just coming out with my natural thing over that, those types of lyrics. So um, we all just kind of like, just very quickly vibed that through. Um, yeah, just so natural as well. I think that I didn't realise all these songs are done in this same... I keep talking about this room because I'm not there a lot. Mm. So it you just should, happens you maybe, that... You should maybe be I there know. more. I, I mean, 
I'm, I'm actually starting to think the only times I've been there is I've got is from all these sessions. Like I'm not there a lot at all mm. is I'm often I'm doing the, so I'm running the sessions. So I have, it's my logic. I'm doing the production of it. Um, so therefore we end up just sitting at the piano. Mm-hmm. I'm not, so I wouldn't, I'm not a producer enough that I would get beats up or mm. anything. So I'm, I'm probably so not knowledgeable on that side that we end up, just having to just sit at the piano and I think it kind of forces us into right let's write the song properly before I do anything because it because I'll have to do that when I get home <laughs> like to get my head around it yeah. um so all these songs have just been piano and voice on the day um and therefore you get a real solid song that has to carry mm-hmm. without any frills or whistles or bells or anything mm. um so maybe that's the benefit for, uh, you know, being a... <laughs> yeah, it may. I mean, it's possibly that's my... I I lean towards those kind of songs anyway, or that kind of sound. And I find it really interesting kind of to finish off that after two, in, in two versions of you doing an artist thing, that very quietly and very simply, you've done it again with the butterfly effect. Oh, and, no. <laughs> and I know it's the majority of its covers, but I mean, was, I'm imagining, was that something that you just started to just play with? Was it, it felt, felt like maybe even a lockdown thing or something? Was it oh, just. Oh, God. Something? Yeah. It was, um, to the butterfly effect, I, I have. Oh, where do I start with it? So, like, it, I don't know what you've had to so the original. So, I've, I've, I've pretty much got quite obsessed with it in the last week because I'd I'd heard a few things um and I didn't realize there was as much so I think the first thing I heard was was actually I heard Sailing Way which is an original right yeah that's about, that's about which, my daughter yeah yeah which I thought again is in that nobody knows area um and I loved it because the thing that no, we haven't really mentioned is the fact that you're an incredible singer oh, and you're that, that honesty and, and I think when you're going to do those kind of stripped back ballad things especially covers you know the vocal and the the meaning of it is is everything so I've heard that first and then I was sort of alerted to the fact there was a sort of ballad version of coming to my world which kind of is always interesting to me because that's yeah, you know, yeah. a bit oh, of God. my job <laughs> which, which is amazing. no 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 which is amazing <laughs> and now you know and then it opened up and then you know I all of a sudden I'm hearing Atomic Kitten in a minor key, which oh, I was... don't. I love that one. <laughs> so talk to me about it. So, so basically, the butterfly effect started as I needed to challenge myself and learn. So I felt that I, I'm still, I would never call myself a producer. I mean, I'm so far from a producer in my head, like as you can probably hear, like I do it all myself. And I'm still like, I'm still figuring it all out. And I thought, you, you have to put yourself out your comfort zone and you have to learn and make things and try things. And I just wanted a project that I could just do things to make me grow and also to write originals that I just really want to write. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been such, it's been one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done. And also, um, 
it's really made me think a lot and question myself a lot because I can't hide from any, any mistakes I'm making or like any like, oh, okay, there's way too many like fake strings in that one or there's uh, I love the way I've my voice sounds in this range and I love these dots so there's a lot of like things I'm learning from um with this but ultimately I just wanted a, a vehicle to just just yeah just to put some original songs out of songs that I just want to write they're all 100% written um there's a song called skies of stars that is an original Mm. um which i wanted to write um each each ep um is kind of has a theme which i'll never i don't put what the theme is mm -hmm. but um it might be news inspired or dance old dance records or abba or um 90 songs or whatever christmas um, christmas oh my <laughs> yeah everyone wants a depressing song at christmas don't they yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. And again, Alex, my manager, husband, uh, he's the kind of, he's so encouraging and he's just like, do you want to just go for it? You know, I'm like, oh, but I want to start taking old ones down or take specific ones down that I would do better now and stuff. And he's like, it's, it's all part it's of gross, modern yeah. music and it is. and that's what it is now. And, and, but for me whole again, I'm so glad you like, I was doing that and I was like, cause I was saying to Alex, I love, again, I love nineties and early 2000. I was like, whole again. I would love to hear that in a minor key. And he would do it. And I was like, looking back <laughs> away. I was like, that's dark. I yeah. love it. And, um, I just love that kind of even like um Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not put I'm telling you just slightly tweaking a few notes is just so fun. Yeah. Um and 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 actually from it I've you know I'm starting to get little syncs here and there. Um uh and two of them were on love island this year so this is what i you know, like, what? yeah but i kind of thought that was part that was part of my thing where i thought it was really really smart to do it um i thought the spice girls one worked so well as well yes it's, you do again a dark yeah beautifully written i mean they're all beautiful again i'm just loving taking these perfectly written songs I also feel that it's really helped my songwriting because I'm analysing yeah. these different songs and going, why does that work? Oh, ooh, interesting. Oh, it has that on it. But I'm so glad you like it. I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I have some type of imposter syndrome with, with that. I'm so proud of it. At the same time, I know exactly where I want it to go. And I'm watching myself try and get there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, ultimately i would love to have live strings and like for example come into my world it's so string heavy but it's as good as i can but i think with, it's yeah. yeah and also those things cost money and it's you know oh, that, yeah. and and you know yeah. you can't but i mean the production on it sounds gorgeous and oh, i think thank you so much i think regarding imposter syndrome again something that someone once said to me which i think is true is that Anybody that does our job that doesn't have imposter syndrome, there's something wrong with. <laughs> yeah, they're because, insane. Because if you, if you walk into a situation without imposter syndrome and you go, I am absolutely the best person for this 
and I yeah. know everything, you would just stop. Yeah. Because you've got nothing to prove, you've got nothing to prove anymore. You've got nothing to do it. So I think that, you know, um, that having that as a creative is a plus. Totally. And I also think my, you know, one of my biggest kind of another thing in life that I've started to do is, is film work. So film music and stuff like that. And I think this is slightly, the butterfly effect is slightly helping me try and understand how how you cinematically build something or you try and yeah. emotionally build without kind of you know yeah, yeah yeah you know lots of other things you know again which i would rely on is a big chorus or yeah. lots of drums come in or um so it's it's a real like passion project and i'm learning and i'm loving it and but all the originals there's a song called who need with friends like these who needs enemies yeah and it's so, I mean, no one would cut that ever mm. because it's like a Halloween song, you know, mm. that is just, but I love it so much. Um, and I have put a big build there at the end because like, cause I wanted to and see what, how that happens and how that yeah. sounds. And um, so, yeah, so it's, it's a newish thing that I will continue and hopefully, you know, one day, you know, it'll get to a point where I could revisit a few songs and even put or have a live quartet or. I, I think know, I can definitely hear that happening. And I think um, I always say to when I'm talking to kind of, especially newer artists, it's like think streaming services, Spotify and stuff. It is, it's a shop window. You never know who's listening. You never that know. Someone it. might hear that Halloween song and they've got some episode of some TV show and they're like, Oh my God, that's perfect. And you can't, in the olden days where people used to send stuff to people, it just, you know, you, you know, as well, as well as I do that most sync is people just trawling Spotify. Yeah, yeah. So you never know um, what you're going to find. I, I, I really loved, I haven't often heard a female voice on long and winding road. And that I thought was really beautiful as well. Oh, good. But you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm, I'm so, I you did I'm not so really. bad. I am. Um, yeah, I, my because it's what a great song. Like it's one of those oh, songs that gosh. everyone just knows and knows and knows. But actually, if you just break it down to the lyric, gosh, it's sad. It's it is, and I actually recorded that um, for my for Alex's grandfather for his funeral. And okay, they they just asked. Like, I mean, it was one of his favorite songs, and he was just the most unbelievable man. And my only thing that I could offer anyone in that, I, you know, they were like, would you sing that? Would you do a version of Long and Winding Roads? And I was mm. like, yeah, oh my God. And it was, it was so sad. You know, the song, it was that version. And then they bought the coffin in mm. and it, uh, the song, like, you know, and then, oh God, the lyrics with that song and the music and in that situation was just actually quite un unbearable. Did you have like, to, were you singing, were you doing that live? No, they play, oh, no, thank God exactly, for that. but it was, it was yeah. literally that version. That Good. was the lyric. Yeah. I did that very, you know, it was one of those kind of yeah. 12 o'clock at night, you know, before the funeral trying to do it. But it, it was really, it meant a lot to, to you know, to, to everyone and another thing that music does. And, and I thought, I would never have done that. I would never have thought of doing that. Um, but it, that circumstances led to me doing that. And um, 
and I'm so glad and it now has a new meaning to show to the family and stuff in that way and um yeah and just the this the, the imagery of the road and leading to to somewhere to someone mm. else and to another place is is quite um it's quite heavy actually so you're busy you've got lots coming up you're excited you're happy very happy um i feel very very excited i think for the next few years coming up um and that's the beauty with music isn't it you kind of know what is coming up yeah <laughs> in advance so you can kind of go oh actually there's some there's some interesting things if they come off could be really cool um and i i think the music industry is changing rapidly but i think there's some really good changes happening i just wonder just as, as, as someone who works with a lot of new artists and and i know they look they listen to this i mean obviously as hard as it was at the beginning of your career you didn't have the added pressure of having to create your own content yeah um how do you when they talk to you about that stuff i mean how do you advise them i I know when i spoke to grace and i spoke to jc stewart their whole thing is is that in the end they just will prioritize music because and the content just has to get done but i know a lot of people are almost the other way around with 80 20 i mean is it yeah how can you advise people that are being pressured into doing all of that well frankly the job that used to be done by someone else and now has to be done by them I would say that music is will always be the, the forefront of anything you do. And I think you don't need a whole album. You don't need a whole repertoire. You don't need millions and millions of songs. But you need enough to establish who you are as that artist and enough for a label or distributors or anyone dealing with TikTok or stuff can understand where you sit because then they can then some I think should kind of get on board that isn't the artist that starts kind of like in the background you know tailing to what that sound is and what that algorithm is I think it's a waste I think it's a when I did do content it was it took a lot of time up you know when I did YouTube videos it'd be two or three days of like trying to record these videos and edit them and stuff uh when you could have been in the studio writing songs it's like we don't have a million time isn't endless yeah you know and these these uh, viral things are very quick they're quick to start they're quick to end so it's like set yourself up give yourself a lot of armory ready to go bang 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 then you can i don't know i i i I think it's almost impossible that's exactly it the way you absolutely nailed it which is don't go too soon have have a have spend time getting your sound, you know, getting so and, and having, as you say, a really good body of work before you even press go. Because when you do press go, it can happen very quickly. So it's, it's worth knowing. And also knowing what kind of artist you want to be before somebody comes on board and tries to change. It tells that. you who you are. Um, I remember my dad saying, and I remember disagreeing with him because I was obviously feeling very defensive about my, my, my record deal at the time. Yeah. This is my first deal. I was doing big support tours with no music anywhere i didn't even have a name on drum skin like it was just and he was like you are literally opening sainsbury's and there is nothing on the shelves yeah no exactly well thank you so much for chatting today but thank you so much for having me and i think you're incredible and yeah and i love this podcast oh thank you so much all right then. <laughs> i'll see you later thank thanks you. a lot bye-bye bye-bye